0: Hello, my name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. This is episode number 45 with a formidable pair of brothers, philosophers, and warriors, Mr. Swift and Ivan Throne.
1: This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives grow strong and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the renaissance of men. You are the renaissance
2: sitting here today with Ivan Throne, my brother, my friend, my business partner. We've been together six years. Something like that.
3: Six, seven years. Yeah. I know time has
2: been flying, but God. We've done, we've gone from you, us meeting at a a dinner from Uh our wives Uh to inviting me to protect you to go to some event Uh to now to write with and work with you. Right to last October be your CFO and COO
3: in Throne Dynamics. Yeah, we're just getting started. <laughs> we have the temple. We've got the temple. We've got the cadre and all the men that work with us. We've got our clients. We have an incredibly, just sublimely gorgeous future oh, yeah. in front of us for men that see what we see oh, yeah. and are the, willing to take advantage of yeah. it. In the last six years, we've done... Nine events, I can't even count anymore. Together, um, you know, the astonishing thing to me is when when you start and you dive into something and you start building, you know, you're full of dreams or full of ideas, and then it's just when you're so focused, time goes by, and you look back and you realize, damn, we've it has taken place. How many years ago did we have all these men in Vegas, a suite there at the immersion forge? The first event we did together, yeah, uh, six or seven years. I mean, we even had—I
2: mean, without naming names—we had some pretty good other influencers be Mm -hmm. there, Um, and then we were. Mm -hmm. We still work with these people today. Yes, we do. And then that following year, um, a friend of ours, yours
3: first, mine now, Mm -hmm. Anthony Johnson, asked me to speak at Twenty One Con and 21 con has taken off i mean there's been you know one of the things that's been fascinating i think you know over the last maybe the last year is the brutally darwinian process yeah. of removing people from the arena as it were of civilizational restore and revival right and survival um and it can't happen at a better time, yeah, no, good time,
2: yeah, because there's there's the the stuff going on with Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. which that by itself is a whole conversation. Um I truly from my experience um and my understanding, my education, my training, and my intimate knowledge of geopolitical things, I think it was one. Wimp ran to the principal and the teacher first, and goes, "Oh, mm. he's he's a bad man," as a as opposed to uh-huh. Russia poised, right, in defense of what was going on that was not covered.
3: There's so much that's happening that people don't see, oh. you know, in... And- you know, I get questions sometimes. I'm sure you get them as well. What are, what are we actually looking at? What are we dealing with? What are our information sources? How do we know the things we know? And it's it's not about pursuing conspiracy theories. No, That's not about trying to find arcane explanations most of the time. I would say almost all the time. Where you and I are able to accurately, and how we are able to accurately and quickly identify what's truly going on, is simply that we understand human beings, and we understand their nature, we understand how things work. Oh, yeah. And once you understand that the mysteries are, are not mysterious anymore. Oh, no. no! I and mean, What we even... men do to each other and for themselves is no longer hidden or confusing. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, even in
2: Bible study, mm-hmm. I mean, what happened in, you know, easily, Jesus's day, you know, the first 30 A.D., 30 years of A.D. Mm-hmm. to 2022, nothing's really changed. Right. Apart from technology. Human nature,
3: addictions,
2: idolatry, it's all the same.
3: Mm-hmm. It's all the technology same. gives a different leverage yes. to unchanging aspects yes. of human nature. And this is where people really make, it, I think, a very arrogant and very stupid and very dangerous mistake. Dangerous. Very dangerous. And thinking that human beings are in a, a process of rapid evolution right now, and that's not the case at all. This is not a case of human beings evolving this is not a case of human beings even necessarily adapting at all. This is the case right now. And what we see in society is a facilitated augmentation of expressed nature. Yes, I agree. We have removed through technology, social media, and so on, Not the barrier to saying what we think and feel or any of the various related things. What we've removed is the barrier to the volume and the the mass and the quantity of our feelings. And as human beings, it's our nature to mistake volume for quality. Right. I mean, yeah, I I fully agree. Mm -hmm. And you know me and I know
2: you more intimately than, than... brothers and, and most people uh-huh. understand right. and you know and i'm i'm not big on evolution or darwin and, mm-hmm. uh, darwinism um because of my biblical worldview but there's evolution and there's also people who are s- smarter than the average mm-hmm. and they actually become disruptors yes we were speaking of one earlier before we well while we were drinking te- mm-hmm. tequila um before we
0: There's a word that gets thrown around a lot in the masculinity space and has for quite some time. That word is warrior. Because we hear this word so often, it's worth taking a closer look at it. First, the etymology of the word probably won't surprise you. Etymology Online traces its use back to the 1300s and the Old North French word guerroir, which means one who wages war. And looking in turn at the word war, That's from late Old English ver, which means large-scale military conflict. So, a warrior is one who fights in a large-scale military conflict. Of course, the classic book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette, helped introduce the notion of a man's inner warrior into the contemporary dialogue about masculinity. And while I think this was a positive development, and one that certainly helped me, I don't think that idea does the word justice. Because one thing that often gets overlooked in discussions of the warrior energy, and that you might have overlooked right now, is the notion of large scale. At least in an etymological sense, a man standing alone isn't a warrior. He may be a fighter, but he isn't a warrior. A warrior is part of something bigger than himself, he is on a side for which there is an opposing side. Either he has made a choice, Someone has made a choice for him. And large scale militaries are not synonymous with ragtag bands of misfits. For a military to be successful in its conflict, it must have standards, discipline, heritage, tradition, and unity. And while it's possible for a warrior to have a role in a military, sometimes whether he likes it or not, not every warrior finds his place in a military, though of course the best ones do. So if you add it all up, I think it's fair to say that the title of warrior isn't just something you're given or can claim, it's something you earn. It's a bit like initiation. A boy can't know he is a man until he is acknowledged for his manhood by the other men in the tribe or village. In this way, manhood is bestowed. To be a warrior in the truest sense must work the same. But I can only speculate because it's not a title that has been bestowed on me. Which brings me to my guests this week, Mr. Swift and Ivan Throne. With no intention to bestow a title on them from a position of privilege I don't claim, I call them warriors in every sense of the word I've outlined above. Mr. Swift was one of the first guests on my podcast, the 10th episode in fact, and he's a weapons trainer, martial artist, and former paramedic and private military contractor. And Ivan Throne lists in his bio that he's an executive coach, international speaker, and best-selling author of the book The Nine Laws, which is sitting on my shelf. But he's also a trained ninja, yes, literally, and student of philosophy and history, which is even more impressive because Ivan Throne is deaf. Pick up his book The Nine Laws if you'd like to learn more about that. But both these men are, of course, much more than those brief paragraphs suggest. They are philosophers, deep thinkers, theologists, and complete human beings. As you'll hear, they're not just mind and muscle, brain and brawn. They are also heart and spirit, feeling and soul, which, as you'll also hear, doesn't make them less dangerous, but more. In our conversation, we discussed more fascinating topics than I can list, including the potential future paths of American civilization following the chaos of the past two years, the scariest verse in the entire Bible, what happens when you learn to listen to and heed your conscience, the definitions of the words esoteric and meekness, and finally, a deep understanding of the purpose and culture of the ninja. What I appreciate about doing a podcast is that it gives me the opportunity to go deep into dialogue with men whose backgrounds and philosophies are nothing like my own. Swift and Ivan talk in plain language about subjects most men will only whisper about, and they speak not from speculation, but knowledge. And like all my favorite episodes do, my guests remind me that in the grand scheme, I have so little to teach about masculinity, and so much to learn. Before we begin, if you enjoy the Renaissance of Men podcast, thank you. Please remember to give us a rating on Spotify, and a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which you can do in the Apple Podcasts app. If you write a review, take a screenshot of it and email it to info at renofmen.com or tag me on Instagram and I'll give you a shout out. Also, please share this podcast with your friends. With your help, the Renaissance can reach more men and women. Also, speaking of podcasts, the Renaissance of Men is now part of Podcasting 2.0. What is Podcasting 2.0? It's an effort to get away from the tech giants and build decentralized, censorship-proof podcasting platforms. So if you're trying to move away from Spotify and Apple, you can also listen to the Renaissance of Men in other ways. Visit podcasterindex.com, hit the link in the description, and connect with us on dozens of other apps if you want to help starve the big tech beast. I recommend the full-featured Fountain FM app, where you can add Bitcoin to a lightning wallet and stream sats while you listen. It's a bit like a live stream tip jar. I put a ton of work into these podcasts, so every little bit of appreciation counts. Thank you to all who've contributed. Finally, this episode of the Renaissance of Men is sponsored by me. Many men don't know. In addition to hosting this podcast, I also offer coaching and consulting services for men. Whether you want to get to the bottom of a pressing problem or chart a new course for your life, I can help. Drawing on my own depth of life experience and the wisdom of dozens of other men and women I've interviewed as part of this podcast, Keep listening for more information or email info at com if you'd like to start the conversation. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, a pair of warriors in the truest sense of the word, Mr. Swift and Ivan Throne. Mr. Swift and Ivan Throne, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today.
3: You're yes. very welcome. to be here.
0: Well, I've got a lot of questions. To ask both of you, but I, th- I think the first one I want to ask is How does it feel to be right?
4: <laughs>
0: familiar. <laughs> <laughs> familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys have been talking about um, the growing chaos in America for a number of years. And uh, it's one of those things that I imagined is it feels familiar, but not necessarily uh, pleasant or pleasurable to be right. But it seems like a lot of the things that you guys, Um, have been talking about have unfortunately come to pass and are coming to pass very slowly.
3: Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that's been a, a maybe striking feature of the work we do is that it's you can't just run around like Cassandra and scream that the sky is going to fall. Wonderful. Great. The sky is falling. What are you going to do about it? And those two aspects of this now, those knowing what to do, which involves knowing what's coming, Right, that's the competence, your coherence, and then you have to actually do it. Everybody's forgotten how to do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Build alliances, war is coming, build a parallel economy, chaos is coming. People nod and they smile and say, Yes, 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 you're absolutely right, and they do nothing about it. Right. So, over the last several years, I've been building, and the sorrow, I think at least for me at this point, often comes not so much that the bad and the dark things and the chaos is happening because that's expected, that's normal, but that so many people have not prepared in time and are not going to make it. Mm-hmm. It's too late for some people, for some institutions, and that's sorrowful, but sorrow is also a normal part of life.
4: Mm-hmm. Plus, we told them, <laughs> we, we did,
2: we did, we did again with, with the familiar aspect of it, um, with my background, um, and training and, and education, knowing how people, uh, and then societies and then cultures, and then, um, all the other, um, facts inside those play out the analysis, the, the forecasting of certain things are, are pretty evident, um, it, to me uh, and to, to Ivan as well. And yes, it is, you know, was that Jurassic park, um, the first one, you know, yes, this is what's going to happen. I'm not happy with it, but I know it's going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I want to talk a little bit about then, um, this, this phrase NGMI not going to make it, um, because I'm, I, I chat with a bunch of guys during the day and, you know, it's all the speculation about, mm-hmm. you know, what is not necessarily what that term means but what it means to not not going to make it to be in that state. Are we going to experience some sort of collapse? Is it going to be a, a long, slow kind of crumbling? Um, or is it going to be some uh, explosion of, of violence, whether that be triggered from something in Ukraine or, or something else? It's sort of the big question of, of, of forecasting. Like, which direction do we see it going? My turn. My turn. My turn. <laughs> you guys are the best. Okay, go for it. <laughs> because I mean, What do you guys see? What do you, I mean, you guys called... The growing chaos a number of years ago, probably long before anyone was thinking about this stuff very seriously, long before I was at least. And so, um, so going forward from here, you know, what's what do you see as being the most likely likely trajectory? Because it's all probabilities anyway, right?
2: It, probabilities, and then I would also not even pivot, but reference again. You and I have had this conversation before a couple of times. Yeah, my biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. When you study end times, and it's not the most pleasant topic to study, especially in the Bible. No. Um, So when you study Revelations, you have to study the book of Daniel simultaneously. The end times, is this it? Honestly, I don't know. I won't fully know, and no theologian will accept or give the statement of this is the end times because wars, rumors of wars, and then the weird natural uh, mother nature phenomenon, they are happening. Um, how many earthquakes are happening in Oklahoma right now? That's the center of our our country. Holy crap. You know, Florida just froze. How long? Just not too long ago. Um, and then the current war right now, whether uh, folly or not, um, success or not, is this the end time? I tweeted it out the other day. Um, Watch for the person who will gain traction with global world peace. Mm-hmm. That will be the first big horn, according to the Revelation of Daniel. That's not the Antichrist. Oh, because he that person is going to fall. You've got to watch for the little horn. Um, the Bible calls it watch from the east. Watch from the, whatever, you know, it, and many theologians over the years have said the Middle East. The person that will bring world peace will be from the Middle East the interpretations going back to the original Greek and that doesn't really translate real well. Mm -hmm. It gives a pretty large region of the area where that little, little horn, the little crown will come. That person will give the further, more accepted, more tangible world peace. And then that person will experience a fatal head wound. He will recover from that. After that, that's when he will demand worship from people, other humans. That is the Antichrist. Wow. Then there's a number, there's a set number of years of peace and then the uh, tribulations, trials, persecution of the church. And of course, inside there is going to be the mark of the beast and all the other persecutions of Christians and the people who don't accept the deal, which I would also say Americans finally started experiencing real persecution. Did you have the vaccine? No. Oh, my God. Yeah. That type of persecution. And then it's going to add on different levels of, of, of hate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, maybe the first time white Americans experienced persecution. I mean, I hate doing the race card. I really I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but persecution really affected non races in America the past two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, what scares me as a father, an American, and just a man, is in the end times, America's not referred to in the Bible. There will be the bear, there will be the lion, there will be the jaguar. The bear is Russia. Everybody kind of knows that except that one. The lion will be England. And whether, whether America is classified as part of the lion cub is what else. And the jaguar is the middle, or the east. So either Taiwan, Japan, um, China, who mm-hmm. knows? I don't know. And no one can say definitively. Mm-hmm. But America's not referenced. Whether, I didn't know that. And whether, and I had this debate um, two weeks ago uh, in my theology circle. Whether it's because America got nuked off the face of the Earth, probably not. More than likely, under the symbolism, it's because America is so weak it can't be involved. Mm-hmm. Whether weak financially doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. But whether weak mm-hmm. financially, weak military, weak faith, who knows?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, and- even Russia's re- Russia's reasserted their mm. faith strength. Yes. Under under Mr. Putin, I say Mr. Putin he does deserve respect to a certain level. Again, right every leader de- deserves respect to a certain level, and that's what the Bible teaches
0: us. Okay, I'll get off my theology box. Well, no, that was great. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to know what you've got to say, Ivan. Go for it. So, well, I'm
3: struck by something you said. You no, know, are we going to see collapse? Or are we going to see violence? Are we going to see like a slow burn? or we are going to see a plunge? Are you missing that this is all very much on display, accelerating and colliding and combining exponentially? I hadn't noticed,
4: no. Right? So <laughs> yeah. here's, here's something that people have a very hard time understanding. a very fundamental truth. Heaven has principles, men have nature hmm They don't change. hmm Yeah. So when you look at
3: what's coming, how do I tell you what's going to happen? What's where will the instability arise now? Where will the collisions happen? Where is the risk to me? Where is the potential benefit? one of those things. What does not change? What is irrefutable? What is the principle involved here? Uh, what are the natures of men that are being engaged here and come into the surface? You see those things and you know how they interact. What happens if you take the principles of heaven and you take the natures of men and smash them together? What breaks?
4: Mm-hmm. For
3: men. sure. Yeah. Right? Every single time. Therefore, if I can land on the principles of truth and I understand the natures of men, I know what will happen because I will be able to see who is on a collision course because of their nature. Mm -hmm. Not only what they will naturally do, it's what they want. Yes. And heaven tells us what will be and what will not be with no pity whatsoever. It does not move. It's immovable. It doesn't touch. It's infinite. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that the natures of men drive them to war repeatedly. The natures of men drive them to power. And The principle is heaven. Principle of heaven is consequences are
4: guaranteed. So who's colliding with who? You know?
3: It doesn't really matter ultimately if it's ideas, or dogma, or religion, or faith, economics, Okay, I'm not a big Iron fan. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an objectivist. But there is a quote from her that's absolutely accurate. Blood, rips and guns, or dollars, take a pick. The rise of cryptocurrency. I don't know what's happening with Russia. Think, oh, we're going to remove them from the banking system, all of that. Yeah, that's a sledgehammer. To common economics. That's fantastic opportunity for
4: so many people. Mm-hmm. You want to break
3: the back of Gobo Homo, so as they could, what better way to do it than hit them right in the wallet? Right. And fragment
4: it. We're not going to take away their wealth, but we can crack it, we can break it. You know, I had a lot of conversations with people over about Canada, huh? Mm -hmm. And uh, the number one thing that is lacking right now in the West is the will to use the power that they have. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Agreed. The number one way most cities have been taken through all of history
4: is what, well? Siege? Starvation. That was close. That was close. (laughs) <laughs> close your fucking fist. That's all they had to do. They would not close their
3: fist because they are afraid to close their fist. They are not willing to go to war for their own nation and therefore they no longer have one.
4: Canadians, you mean? And
3: that
0: is as simple as it gets. Mm-hmm. Yes, Canadians. Well, I I want to ask a question about that, at least as it pertains to America, because a lot of people um, that I know, like, look and and say, you know, the only way that this is going to get resolved is with some amount of violence. It it just seems like the math all works out in that direction. Because, you know, what do you what do you get when you have the unstoppable force um, meeting the immovable object? What actually happens? It resolves to material conflict. It must resolve to material conflict because I don't think that there's any negotiation possible between two totally opposed worldviews. I just, I just don't see that happening. But, okay, uh, let, me, let me just finish the question, and then you can take what, whatever direction you want. But it seems to me mm-hmm. that when it comes to America, in the United States where you have, what, 300 million guns more, something like that, that when you introduce the notion of violence in America, it goes to 11 really quickly, and it doesn't stop until yes. it's done. You're you're igniting a brush fire, and I can understand in the face of that whether good-minded, good-hearted, genuine people, Christian men, whether whether uh, you know professing Christians or whether you know in, in who Keep something in, in mind. Well, okay,
3: yeah. In the Civil war, good-hearted and
0: good-minded as in those stand for sure. And so all I'm saying is that the resistance for to settling vengeance. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing There's is you like that, that.
3: will take precedent.
0: Yeah. So that's the thing. So yeah, you see a lot of men.
3: Strong leadership, which we
0: do not have. Okay.
3: I am visible.
0: Yeah. No. So that's all I'm saying is that knowing that, knowing that when you light that candle in America, it's going to catch fire and it's going to burn in all kinds of ugly ways. And so I can understand how in this country in particular, there's like what can we do to prevent that because there's no like we're going to go level 5 violence because as soon as the as soon as a little bit of pettiness breaks out you get score settling which is a chain reaction that can't be stopped so i can understand how in america they'd be like well maybe we should do everything we can to forestall violence for as long as we can and 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 avoid it if at all possible and so that's the nature of my question is what you know a, a long slow collapse some sort of instantaneous moment of calamity you know, these are the questions are like, well, what can we do to prevent the 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 citizen on citizen murder of of millions of people? God forbid, you know, literally God forbid. Is there anything? I don't know because I, I don't want there to be, and I don't advocate for the there to be at all, which I think should be obvious. I talk about something called a renaissance, you know. Yes. <laughs> so so that's 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 my that's my whole goal. Um, but I but I also hear very much that there's a collision there's a collision course between the ways of men and the ways of heaven. And I think that's the moment that we're kind of caught in right now in many ways. I don't have any answers, but that's why I'm starting the dialogue.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Um I mean, wait. I, <clears throat> I mean it's 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 not hidden. It's not I don't I don't run from it either. My my past experiences, my training, my world is I was I, I was the fist. I was the tool for violence, mm-hmm. whether it be good or bad over the years, um, whether it be law enforcement or my, or my uh, uh, PMC experience or like that. I was there. I was it. I was the yeah, I mean, tip I've, of the spear. I've, well, a whole lot more than that. Um, and the spear, you were the spear. <sighs> the, but when I combine that, <clears throat> collaborate that with my 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 business training, my business education, and, and everything I do in right now um, as a business leader um, and a, a governmental leader in my elected position, when I look at it, when I bounce both sides of the fence with holistically my past and my experience and training, would more parody Or um, analogy, would you, me, allow an opposition force truckers, if I'm the government slash business slash whatever else, would I allow the truckers to assemble or protest or gather their strength to, like Ivan said, close the fist and just stop logistics, stop logistic transport? Mm -hmm. No, I would not. Would Would I... get in the conversations the debates the conversations the uh, negotiations if you will and not have something on the back burner as well damn right i would okay if given my strategic thinking and planning i would get in those negotiation contracts those debates those heavy conversations my left hand would also be doing the steps and the other tactics to individually separate the those persons protesters truck drivers from the group and also remove their likelihood their livelihood their mode of employment Mm -hmm. robotic both sides trucks Mm. they're already doing in europe they've already brought it here Mm-hmm. Don't need don't need truck drivers that don't don't even need dock workers anymore. Amazon has pierced the ceiling, the glass ceiling of needing robotic freight workers. I mean, no, I'm sorry, of needing manual labor freight dock workers. They got robots that can do everything now. Amazon's running 24 seven. Can't can't do people that
3: way, do robots that way. One might make the argument that one of the lines of transhumanism that being promoted is to, people think of labor automation as being business driven. No. No, it's not. It is a strategic risk removal process. Robots do not revolt uh,
4: until
2: reaction. Until you give them AI.
3: That's whatever. I've seen that movie. I started to think about that. We're, there's a, a line, a quote in the Nine Laws that I mentioned, right? From a, an up in MPL Cornell. <clears> he <throat> said,
4: the true king thinks only of his throne,
3: nothing else. This is true. Our family has advised kings for seven centuries. That is a true statement. I think of the throne and nothing else. And when they deviate from that, they are no longer the king, they are a pretender or an occupant. That is where treason is born. That is where the ambitions of men find their fertility starting point. Huh? The entire purpose of the law from the very beginning of human history is to ensure and reinforce the predictability of profit i want there to be food in the morning when
4: i wake up okay that's profitable i want to predictable everything else comes from that it's all a human invention there is
3: no sacredness whatsoever in human law None, whatsoever so it's just a point here well you mentioned you know you talk about the a lot of guns in America. Yeah, we very passionate people. We talk about, you know, we, do we want to put off civil war as long as we can? What happens when you put off a problem as long as you can? Yeah, it gets worse. What happens? Mm-hmm. The Powell doctrine of shotgun, and I uh, hit them as hard as you can immediately and let them surrender right away is ultimately more compassionate. That argument can be advanced. You we talk about the difference between advocating and absorbing. Let's leave advocacy off the table and simply absorb. Right?
4: The American nation has fallen. Yeah, pretty much. And that's that. The left, when speaking of a global standpoint here, not necessarily American left, right? the left does. Not slow down, right? It does not modulate. It
3: will not stop. We're fighting against none. Well, you probably will know the scriptural quote more accurately than I
4: do. But against evil in high places, principle. Huh? Yeah, that is a principle of heaven, is it
3: not? So to do the work of God, you must fight evil and not none. To fight evil, you must see it. You must name it. How does an exorcism work? Tell me your name. Right? Mm-hmm. The only thing necessary for the victory of evil is good men to do nothing. Right. Well, everybody loves that quote and they all pontificate and that sound very self-important and wise and all those things, and that one of them. Or pick up a rifle and blow the planes out of a government official and soldier like George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or Samuel Adams or Alexander Hamilton or any of them in the built this nation because Ivan, 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 we don't do that anymore. We don't ban and cannon and hang and burn a lot of people that we disagree with. Guess what? They do. Still.
0: Yeah. They locked up all the January 6th protesters in solitary confinement for entering a building. Some of them are still there. You know, how is yes. that?
3: give me a predictably profitable reason to negotiate with those who want me dead. My children obliterated, my house extinct, my culture smashed, my nation ashes, and my memory erased. Now, let's take this a step
4: further. I am not just some guy on the street
3: that they want to erase. My family has done this for seven centuries. I am ninja. He is mercenary. It is done We know what we're doing. I do not like to lose. I hear you. Um, absolute victory is well within our hands, because one of the truths is that the deliberate poisoning, weakening of our culture, the degradation of it, on the whole. Story infestation, so to speak, This designed to tamp down and control and make it a manageable herd population also means they don't have uh, the uh, those who are promoting that those who are creating that <clears throat> remove from their own arena the
4: ability to train for those who aren't like that, yes, yes, With and mean. They're not ready for us.
3: No. no. They cannot handle it. Like, What would happen well, if I were to walk into a business meeting at any major American corporation like Coca-Cola, well, what have you, and
4: to speak blunt, explicitly. You'd make them
3: cry <laughs> <or> first. <laughs> So what happens, though, when you go in and you speak to your church as a man? I don't mean me, but as a man, you go to your church and you say these things. What happens? Pretty much the same thing. Not not my church, most churches. Christ. Yeah, most my course. Christ. Okay? He hauled trees. He didn't use power tools. He slept over tables and used reps to beat people he saw doing evil and cursed them in the name of God. He did not... Of the cheek, left his robe and bend over for evil. He put his heel down on the back of its neck. No, I'm not. Well, My heel doesn't cover the entire. unit. Well,
0: well. To your point, you're right. But he also didn't take up arms. He allowed himself to be tortured, and died a, a peasant thief's death on the cross. So he, you know. That's why he was here. That's not why I'm here. Uh, okay, fair, fair, but yeah, but very, very, very
3: important. It when is story by a
0: sword. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. But uh, you know, I, we're we're talking about uh, yes. between the three of us, we're talking about the intersection of some really important ideas. Uh-huh. So, Ivan, the thing that I yeah. that I uh, that I like most about what you do and your writing, I have the Nine Laws sitting up on my bookshelf over there. I love the book. I really enjoyed reading it. Is that you're really excellent at, at articulating um, the, the dimensions of might makes right, which is the only observable world law in the natural world, right might, might makes right. Now there's right. no, but the, that is not the law of heaven. The law of heaven is is somewhat different from that. that, that, that right is determined right. by not material means. so between, so so between the two of you, you know Swift and, and Ivan, you know the, the might make right would say, we go to war right now, we have to hit them hard and fast and take over and win total victory at all costs. But it seems like there's also something within, I'll say collective, when I say our, I don't necessarily mean yours, but like the collective heart mm-hmm. to say like, maybe we're not going to do that just yet because there's some other law at operation that we don't feel like we we can or should just go do that yet because perhaps perhaps the just war theory from St. Augustine, mm-hmm. which is like. If you're going to go to war, you have to do it reluctantly. And that's how you know that it's the right thing to do. So maybe there's some of that happening too. Correct.
2: Correct. There is. There always is. Um, as I've grown or aged or matured, um, if you will, from my days of running and gunning. Yeah, ripened. Um, as running and gunning, there are it's always reluctant. Um, again, violence is simply a tool. It's, it's not good or bad um it's the intention and, and how it's applied um through again through my my studies my theology studies and and my biblical worldview um truth and grace have to stay hand in hand no matter what the moment you let go of one mm-hmm. if you only stick to truth then you become a legalistic christian that does not give mm-hmm. growth does not you don't no one wants to go to that you know um i'm i was raised in the south um, you know, Southern Baptist uh, revivals in the summer, you know, shit, we're all going to hell even though I know I'm a Christian. You know, oh my God, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, but then full grace without truth makes everybody happy and everyone's mm. peace and, and flowers mm. and kumbaya and I can't carry a tune in a bucket if I had to. But But truth and grace have to be hand in hand. On the other side is through all my my studies of the bible um i have yet to find true call to arms by christ but he does say you know sell your cloak and buy a sword if you need to when i get into the greek when i get into um hebrew traditions realities uh commonplace um, sentiments of the time self-defense is always there. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's not. I'm not. I'm not Jewish. I, I wasn't raised, you know, in in 20 A.D. So I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But when I study the Greek, and I I take that as far as I can, um, to defend yourself, to defend those that you love, under your divine responsibilities, right. violence is a tool to protect them. Mm-hmm. Now, when Christ's second return
4: to earth, he's not going to be full of peace, right? He's
2: coming to deliver justice. Ivan was saying, yes, he was a very strong man. And I guarantee in my study of a carpenter, you know, at that time, you did everything by hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the donkey to help him carry certain things, but even again, you know, turning a log or a tree into a log and then into a plank and then to something else, a really hard work. So guaranteed, the the Korean image of Jesus is probably pretty closer than to the American image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy with the 12-pack the on the cross who can break, <laughs> break the yeah. cross. But yes, he did die the, the peasant's death. The full weight of that was his submission to his father's will, which is why he died that way, to accept the full sin of the entire world, on one focal point him through his submission which is meekness at its most evidentary example on display mm-hmm. okay he could have called down the full legion of, of army of angels to take care of the romans take him off the cross mend his wounds and then the rest of the unbelieving or hateful people would have been wiped out but he didn't do that so which is meekness restrained strength okay Okay,
0: cool. Thank you for defining that. Yeah, because that that, the word meekness is not well understood, but restrained strength, yes, agree.
2: Yes, so I guess a sidebar would be you know meekness is a father wrestling on the ground with his five year old. He doesn't smash him or you know That's restrained strength. That's being a meek father. Yeah. Again, that's where um, see the study of of C.S. Lewis's book Study on Words comes into so much deal because meekness in American English sounds too much like weak. Yeah, like a mouse. Yes. So again, which is why public education really go back to study of words. But anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, agree. Uh, but yeah, so Jesus was, he displayed his submission to God, heaven, his father, and also he displayed meekness through and in de- in conjunction with his submission to God for the saving of the entire world, which in my study goes back to Genesis six, six, which is in my perspective, the scariest version verse in the entire Bible. Okay. Hit me. That's when God said he was sorry.
0: He made man. I to, I need to look that up right now, actually, if I may, I don't know. Go Bible. ahead. Go ahead. Got my, yeah. I've got my phone yeah. here, so I'm just going to look at my phone. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: I'm, I'm huge on uh, YouVersion for the phone. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's an
2: app. Um, they've got great Bible studies in there, too. But also, blueletterbible.com has an app for the phone, too. And that's where I use to study <sighs> the Greek, because it goes back to pulls it all up.
0: Yeah, I just said, look on Will's face. I saw
3: it. So, <laughs> is that never, not scary? fucked up, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, so this, is, this, was, this, was, um, this was during the Nephilim. So, it was, so just the, the timing is, this is just before Noah. So the timing was important, because yes. like, like, that Fair. matters. It's not, like, it's not like he made Adam and Eve and cast them out in the garden. God was like, oh, no. what do I don't no. do no, This no, is no. like when wickedness was, had filled the earth. And the, the line before is,
3: Noah.
0: You, before Noah. And God, this is Genesis 6, uh, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, verse 6, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart yeah
2: is that Eesh. not the scariest?
0: That's yeah that's
2: But really, that's truth, truth in, yeah, very rough but truth <laughs> and grace let's that's add, add grace to yeah. it at that moment. Of course he knew he knew it was going to happen besides the, the the details of that yeah. he knew it was going to happen. So in that moment, a father can be mad that they have kids you know else. so we' mm. were in good company but but <clears throat> but
4: God. My favorite verse or any phrase in the Bible, but God, he made a plan to rescue us. Mm -hmm. Jesus.
2: Yeah. So wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So amazing. So, Yeah. So then when I tie that back into the meekness on the cross, the submission to Jesus into Christ, into God's plan and will to
0: save the world. Tremendous. Yeah he sacrificed himself to himself to, pl- to pay to play to pay a blood debt you know and it's yes. it's, it's 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 now i'm going to add now i'm going to add a little twist
2: to it that hurts a little bit more jesus submitted himself into that submission to god's will knowing it would separate him from god for a little bit that's why have you forsaken me yes yeah he knew it was going to happen that's he had always been in connection, divine connection, the entire life before um, all of history, creation, da, da, um, divine connection through the virgin birth, divine connection his entire life. I mean, what other 12 year old would, would take over the temple to teach and then astonish the um, uh, rabbis and other preachers at 12 years old and then do all that stuff? And now, then start his ministry of three years. At roughly 30 years of age go through all that um teaching um expelling demons healing the sick um, helping people making a lame walk hearing leprosy bringing a few people back to life the little groom and his friend lazarus and then to get to that point where i have to accept it and be separated i lose my connection
4: mm-hmm. it's the trust
2: that God would bring you back from the dead, after all that, shows his trust and his full reliance on
4: God mm-hmm. as a man. Mm-hmm. Very important.
2: Not, not, I don't hear the many people to talk about God does it. not abandon. Right. He doesn't abandon. He promised. It's, it's, he's kept every, every promise he's ever made. Yeah. Which then ties back into the study of end times. Which is scary by itself. But then again, I know how it's all going to turn out. Now, it, and I get in this debate with my father, my dad, probably twice a year. Are are we, is it post millennial or yep. pre millennial? Is the rapture going to happen before all the bad crap happens or after the bad crap happens?
0: That's pre trib, post trib, right? Is that Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so then my father and I get in that debate quite often. It's kind of fun. Um, uh, to talk with him, and then when I go to my theo- uh, theology circles um, to bring it up too, and and hear everyone's side of, of that, you can kind of tell their background um, faith and how they were brought up, um, and then get into conversations with some um, Hebrew friends of mine who are the Jews for Jesus, so the ones that accepted Jesus as Messiah, hmm. um, and then the rabbis who are who uh, are not uh that part they just straight Jewish um but to hear that and have that conversation is is to me it's great fun um I I actually rank that right up there with with all my 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 tactical training stuff like that because it's more mental exercises and I love it Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but to get in those conversations in those um um just just debatable conversations is is phenomenal
3: and I love it so well I want to take what we've got here Kind of circle back around through all of us for the point you raised. You know, when did the man decide to act? Please. Right? Uh,
4: let's take everything we've just talked about. Okay. What's the most important voice you must listen to? God. And what do we call that voice? A conscience. What does your conscience?
3: bestow upon you when you heed it. I'm choosing my words carefully. Absolution. Because how I articulate with meaning, when you heed your conscience,
4: what is delivered to you? Absolution. No. Mm. No. Prerogative.
3: Mm.
0: Yes, okay. Yeah,
3: I see that. You want to know when you act or not? Is it time or is it not time? Do I go to war? Do I submit? Do I unleash hell and fire on my nation? Do I commit suicide and let it do what it wants? Ask your conscience, and it will deliver to you the prerogative to act. You have to hear it clearly. Mm -hmm. Get out of that divine connection because. The thing that your ego and your pride and your vanity and your wrath and your sloth and all oh, the shitty things that are part of your human nature is to confuse themselves with your conscience.
4: That's awesome.
0: Keep going on that, please.
3: So, what Throne Dynamics does and what we do and how we coach with men, this is where it becomes a little disturbing. So, in his running and gunning days, there was also um, your question and answering days, right? <laughs> just put it that way. Straps, um, water, whatever, okay? The purpose of ninja was intelligence gathering, right? Mm-hmm. To find out what is true in the hearts of men. The same thing with an interrogator. And when we sit you down as a client, We put you face to face with your conscience and we sort through for you because there is an explicit, accurate way to do this and separate and peel off your pride and peel off your vanity and peel off your traumas and all of the crap that festers and masquerades as your conscience speaking directly to you as the voice of God and saying, this is your prerogative as a man, that is how you break the lock inside a man, so that it can never be used against him again. Teach him how to fish he eat forever, right? Teach him how to listen to God, and the will of heaven will be behind all of his action on earth, and if he chooses to go to war because that's what his conscience demands, and the prerogative is inherent in that. As a human being who God did not create to live on his knees and fear
4: of anything but him. I agree.
0: I've been very fortunate to do a lot of work to uh, clear my conscience and develop some of that connection. Not the work that you describe, it sounds mm-hmm. like, but uh, a lot of bucketing. And uh, to be able to live in alignment with my conscience as best as I understand it now is a true gift. And I can understand how when you give that to men that haven't had the opportunity to do that work before to that degree, um, it must really change their lives.
2: It does. It does. We call it um, again through all my experiences um, and then what we bring together. When we have an individual or two guys um, in an intensive weekend, um, you know, we I threw out that survey about what makes everyone angry, uh, you know, put lies Um I get mad at, at, at not people themselves, but the fact that they think they have to put on a mask for the world to be around me, um, training. So like that, those guys who come to the range and they, they peacock around. And, but when it comes down to it, to, a a, a simple, um, shooting drill, I can, I can quickly, I mean, easily tell that they're, they have mask on, they fake their way through it. They faked it to that point in time. Um again, with trait um, truth and grace, hey let's let's drop the ego, let's drop this, let's drop that. you need to raise your skills here, but in men's lives, we have not found a way because it wasn't well I guess would say found
4: because
2: mm-hmm. um, it wasn't our we didn't create it i've I've found the best way to, through biblical worldview help people see that they have a mask on mm-hmm. Because people have lied to themselves so much they don't know they're lying to themselves, they don't know they've actually have a mask on to feel and hear and listen and abide or heed the instructions, the guidance of the the counselor, the Holy Spirit,
4: mm-hmm.
2: which is given to those who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. you know um, doing those even after the the mask is removed, There are, I call them locks that men have, the shackles, the slavery, the the addictions um, to how to smash those locks. Not remove them, not unlock them, because an unlocked lock can be locked again. Mm -hmm. Smash that lock. We have incorporated all that into our counseling for men to realize that a mask is on, how to remove it. So then I'll put it on again, how to smash those locks. Um, two, two events ago, two private events ago, we have a, a client who we stay in contact with always after um, our weekends who would call or, or contact us and go, I realized this other lock is trying to come on again and I did this and we consult through that as well. Um, so again, after time with us, men have, Now, see locks that are trying to be put on in their life through stress. You know, everyone deals with stress. You know, this side of heaven, there's always going to be something. Um, With that said, if a man can start seeing, oh, this is starting to to close in on me or try to lock me down to something else, and then they can smash it themselves, even the better. I always take it a step further. Okay, you're doing great for yourself. Take on a mentee. Find somebody else. Find another man who needs help. You don't have to be at the end of the race to help somebody along. The only way to help somebody along in a race is be just a few steps ahead of them.
3: Mm-hmm. What are the things Will, that people often think about coaching or self-development or this whole model of being more tomorrow than you are today? And they think that it is somehow magical or mysterious or not mathematical. Oh, right. no, it's very very simple.
4: Right. Let me take a step back here. I'm
3: speaking as a deaf person, I can't hear. I have to look, right? Which means I have to watch most of what people say or what they communicate. It's not in what they say. It's the posture. Body language, everything, right? Uh, Just speaking as a deaf person, what I will tell you is that there's what people say and what they do, right? Everything that comes
0: out of people's mouths is a lie. As someone who hears, it's like that too.
3: Absolutely. Everything people (laughs) say is a lie.
0: Yeah. Now,
3: very, very importantly, this is not bad. This is not malevolent. Yeah. Very, very important the reason people lie all the time is because they simply can't see the paper accurately enough to speak up.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Most cases, yes. Describe the color to me. I can't do that. I've never seen it. Right? Yeah. It, it's, it really is that simple. And you know, people generally, they try to do the best they can. But even a small variant from the truth later on, you know, a long way away, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. The most important thing men need to do is to understand the concept of truth. Now, I'll speak as a philosopher because that's what I am. Okay. Truth is real. Okay? Mm-hmm. There are truths that can be extrapolated simply because of the way things are. For example, okay the season's turn because of that i know that the equinox is there Mm -hmm. i i don't need to know which day it is to know that it definitely exists and that is a sincere truth Mm -hmm. right okay that's that's truth that's what we need to look for okay so how do i assess well i'm going to look at things that i know are always present right or we look at principles not nature Mass, momentum, and trajectory are always there, even in emotions, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Timing, and distancing, and angling are always there, no matter what. God built the universe the way He built it. And if I can, if I know mass, momentum, trajectory, timing, distancing, and angle, I now have control over my universe, don't I? Because I can see where things are actually moving. How I feel about the mass, whether I like the trajectory, and whether the momentum makes me happy is entirely irrelevant to the actual physics of it. Does this make sense so far? Of course. Okay. What are the actual physics of your emotions right now? What's the momentum? What's the trajectory of your loyalty to your state? state? What's the momentum of your population towards war?
4: Oh, I see. Your fellow, what are the natures of
3: men? Huh?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: What is the principle of heaven? Well, where is it? All that is just, things work the way they work because God made things the way He made them. You don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to be a religious, you can be whatever you are. But you know, I'll pick something up here and I drop it, and I was gonna fall. The world is made the way it works. Mm-hmm. I, work. I know how men work. I understand the physics of reality, and then my friends, it's just a matter of developing nested pattern recognition. Ivan, right, Ivan, what's, what's this pattern recognition net that you've developed from your family for seven centuries? His family is as old well as mine, as a mercenary, as law well, enforcement, as ninja. Fuck you, pay us. fuck you, earn it, and
4: it's your life, fuck you, fix it. These are our company values, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's an important word here and That word is esoteric Yeah What does esoteric mean? What's
3: the definition of the word? It's not secret It's not mysterious What esoteric means is You need another person to teach you
4: I didn't know that
3: You gotta get it from another It has to be transmitted to you You gotta get it from a person you can't get it from a book That's why I'm martial art it's esoteric. You can't study karate from a book and become a karate cat. You can't do that. It's esoteric. You need a person. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Kingcraft is esoteric.
4: Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Rulership
3: is esoteric. You know the nine laws talk about survival and momentum and triumph. Those are, are esoteric as the human manifesto, right? Manhood, war, and salvation. Foundations of the three gates, in writing here. are esoteric, no, the joke is that a woman knows she's a woman and she has a post-period, right? Kind of that. Men are not like men until other men say they are.
4: Initiation. It's esoteric. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. How do you become a man? I think your father teaches you to be a man, right? War. We gotta train with other people, that's esoteric. Salvation.
4: How do you do that? The point of witnessing
3: esoteric. Let's take this a step further to the final level of this. Right? The qualities of the dread Lord, fealty, cruelty, and majesty are also esoteric experiences.
4: Transhumanism obliterates the esoteric. Wow. That's, that's that's its
3: intention. You want to go to war, and you want to survive, and you want your house to have momentum and triumph. All of these things. Well, you need to know what you fight. And the commoditization of the human spirit, yeah, is inherently evil. Agreed. Now, are we listening to our conscience a little bit here? Of course. And what does that prerogative tell me? I have the right to fight if I want to. I am no man's slave. Fuck mm-hmm. you, find
4: out. It's another one of our company values. And then for Mr. Swift,
3: no parley, no quarter. That's not how the truth of heaven works. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there's a fun thing. you know why the ninja wears a
4: mask?
0: Um, because... um. When you remove his identity
3: in the dark they can't see you in the first place you don't need to hide your face right
0: right yeah
3: what's the point faceless
0: yeah you're an agent my
3: will by thine be done yeah i'm not here for ego i'm not here for pride or vanity i'm doing the well of heaven as an empty vessel <laughs> so Yeah ninja is pitiless. you don't know he's there, because your mind can't feel him, he doesn't have a preference, your heart can't hear him, because he doesn't have an agenda,
4: There is only the justice of heaven landing,
3: you know, I have my death form written already, it's kind of funny, because, you know, haikus have that, like, rhythmic meter thing, actually, it ended right on it, right, the, the faceless servant with dread
4: and prostrate prayer vanishes in gap. That's all this is. This is just a gap between
3: the other side of heaven. Okay? And the facelessness, again, not my will, but thine be done. What does your conscience tell you? And when you understand, ultimately, as a leader of men, that there is no difference between prerogative and duty, then you are a man and then the road to
4: Caesar
0: open so what are so what are the constraints then that are provided on an individual man's conscience so this is a maybe a philosophical question that say you remove all the locks Mm -hmm. to an individual man's encounter with 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 his with his will which he believes is divine in origin but we are humans and we can't actually know that for sure. So there must be some external guardrail. Some uh, the, Brett McKay has a book um, called "What Is Honor." Brett McKay is from Art of Manliness, and he talks about horizontal honor versus vertical honor. Vertical honor is man to man. Horizontal oh. honor is you to God. So, um, so obviously, what we're talking about right now in terms of a man and his conscience is his vertical honor. There's no difference between prerogative and duty. Meaning, when you have the prerogative to act, you have the duty to act. That's your that's your vertical honor, you know, with God and within your conscience. But that alone isn't enough. You must also have horizontal honor, man to man. Where does that come from? So that we can know that like, I'm not having some psychotic break today because I woke up. Not that, I mean, or, or whatever, that, I, that what I'm seeing is true. Because uh-huh. a man can wake up and say, my, I, my conscience is clear. I'm going to go do this thing. But there's got to be some check on the outside but the check shouldn't be enough to stop his conscience. But how does he, how does he know? This is a philosophical question.
2: Oh, it is. It is. Um, your question <clears throat> reminded me of a quote uh, from J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, I've heard of him. So, so author of The Lord of the Rings. He uh, also um, best friend to C.S. Lewis. Fellowship of the Rings. J.R.R. Tolkien is also the one who helped Um, be present when C.S. Lewis made his transition uh, from militant atheist back to Christian. Yeah. Um, Anyways, the quote, the quote that made me think of this is, is living by faith includes the call to something greater than
3: cowardly Mm self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from the very beginning, well, I've said, men do not leave their brothers behind. Mm. In practice, that imperative
4: love your neighbor as yourself, right? The spirit in your heart is the spirit in his heart, the spirit in your own. Correct conscience is a divided coherence. Mm -hmm. Okay. The capacity is in all of us.
3: Most of us, yeah, I mean we're gonna find, you know, so psychopaths, social sociopaths, but we won't go there today.
0: Um Please, it's a, it's a little too a little too complicated <laughs> to talk about that. Know, but it's a it's a thing. It's it is a thing oh, and it's an it's an adaptive thing.
3: thing. Yeah, you're yeah. asking about okay, boundaries, okay. I'm in uh, first videos everyone calls me dark triad now, right? Because I am a psychopath, a narcissist, and a machiavellian. So where do I find moral boundaries? and maybe a personal answer is perhaps easier to get. Mm -hmm. I draw for myself, and this
4: is a very personal answer, from the ninja laws. The ninja
3: have, have all of the, of course, the combat, all of the strategic and tactical training. There's a lot of spiritual training as well of it right was the person who comes in and they train and then look advance yes it says okay the most perfect compliment
4: a ninja can pay is to acknowledge something that was appropriate mm-hmm. but it was accurate it's appropriate there's no excess mm-hmm. there's no insufficiency there's no inaccuracy yeah. I don't like to mess. Right. It's not satisfying
3: and fulfilling to me to be knowingly in error. What is the definition of sin to begin with? Miss the mark. The ultimate foundational definition of sin. Thrown away from God. In other words, the mess. Aim, small, miss, small. The constant process of not just listening to your conscience, but having a continual relationship with it. If your conscience is the voice of God, make it your friend. Talk to it, have a relationship, I and mean, have a relationship with it. We talk about having a relationship or a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't imagine him sitting at the breakfast table with me and asking about his eggs and asking me about my coffee. It's not that kind of a thing. The, the conscience. That's the phone. I'm going to walk around like this all the time if I can.
4: I want that there. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel it, that's a big problem, that disconnect.
3: Because by the time you realize you're lost in the woods, right? It's too late. No, you're already in a big problem. And yeah. I'm just now starting your problem. You're now finding out you've had a big problem. So, Again, this is an esoteric thing. You got to listen to your conscience all the time. And that's how you can't reach and have a sudden magic rule that comes in to save you and you get confused. That's not being a man. That's being a kid asking for daddy. Don't do it yourself. No one's coming to save you. Your blood guilt's been paid, man. The rest is up to you. Mm -hmm. So I have to, as a man, I have to think through the second, third, fourth order consequences of what I do what I think and what I, what I say. I speak less. No, he disagreed, my team had <laughs> disagreed because I tend to talk a lot. <laughs> you cannot treat your conscience as something to go back to when we have a hard problem and think that a big answer comes to solve solving.
4: Mm,
3: yeah. How it works. God, God, can you hold me out of the ditch again? No. It's a navigation tool. It's not a tow truck. Yeah, Does this make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to pay attention to this all the time. Yeah, that's called the male burden of performance.
4: Do mm-hmm.
3: you want to compare a woman's conscience to a man's in general? Mm-hmm. Do they operate the same way? Not in my experience. That's not a problem. I'm not criticizing a woman. So sure, of world, course. Our conscience has a different need than ours does. Right? Yes. Different
4: thing. God does not turn from you, get the
3: conscience going. Always come back to it, always, always, always. Tiny bit by tiny bit, right? The bones of your mastery are habit. Let's stress this over and over in the nine laws. The master returns to the basics over and over and over and over and over. Hmm. So you weave coherence into the fabric of your capacity. Then you can actually become competent.
4: This is brilliant stuff.
3: Yeah. Which comes back to,
2: you mentioned St. Augustine earlier. Yeah. This combined with another quote, I know St. Augustine gave us, um, which combines um, all of it. You know, God provides the wind, but man must raise the sails. Mm -hmm. It's there. He's given you gifts, skills, talent. They're, they're all different from man to man. The opportunity is there to use them. So use them. That makes sense? It does. Which I will take that and circle back to your other question that we rabbit hold off of. Excellent. How do, we, how do we prevent mass American on American blood loss from what's coming up? Okay. It will take patience, which is hard on men. It will take communication. Mm which is hard on men. It will take empathy, which is hard on men. But God's given us all, whether you believe in him or not, I don't really care whether you believe or not. He's given you this gifts, skills, and talents to do those things. Mm -hmm. I will also add into the fact (laughs) that we have to remain, um, which I learned the acronym in grad school, um, A-O-H. Authentic, open, and honest conversations at all times. Mm-hmm. As in all my papers for the last nine months of, of grad school, it was always AOH, my professor. or Was your opinion open, honest, and authentic? Yes. I mean, twice, no, you know, because I half asked it. And he's like, okay, that's why you got this grade. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Can I rewrite it for less points for being late submission? Yes, of course. It's fine. Again, um, God's given us all the gifts, skills, and talents to get through things together. But it requires open, authentic, and honest conversations at all times. No deception. Mm -hmm. Hard to do in politics. I'm a a politician, but I'm very, very open, honest, and authentic at all times. Which my contemporaries commend me. I mean, even the person that ran against me in this last election. No, he was very always open, authentic, and honest. He didn't like some of my stances. You know, I'm pro-Second Amendment. I'm pro-life. I'm um, super high on private individual uh, 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 rights, you know, land rights. Um, I'm I'm big on that. Um, He wasn't. But again, you know, we play golf sometimes. Don't agree with eminent domain within 10 feet of swept. No, I hate (laughs) hate eminent domain. I don't care how much the state or the person argues for the state that it's eminent domain, it's necessary. I don't care. It, you know what? Then you should have bought it or had a possession of it a long time ago. Um, and I don't really like how they value value law or value land in eminent domain proceedings. Anyways, scratch that. We yeah. getting sidetracked. Um, but that's how prevent massive American American blood loss and violence here in the state. Mm-hmm. Will that happen? You know, I know, we hate people who lie. We don't like people who do their masks on, and they know they have a mask on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people are doing something with uh, ill intent uh, or deceptive measures for personal gain, I, we all despise that. And then again, it gets to that um, payback mentality. Right. Or the, um, and I've heard it in other, in other circles I'm, I'm involved in too, it won't be a... It, if it is a, a war inside of America, it'll be the haves versus the have not. You know, it, 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 it'll be hard. Um, is it possible? Yes, but not without God being involved.
0: Men, I'll cut right to it. There's probably something missing from your life and I bet you don't even know, and that is a mission or purpose. A mission is more than a job, a career, or even a vocation or hobby. It's your reason for being. It gets you up in the morning and puts you to bed at night. It's the North Star you're oriented towards at all times and the singular pursuit that underlies all your most significant thoughts, words, and actions. Your purpose even comes before your family because if you seek to lead your family, your purpose is the direction you're leading yourself in and therefore your family undertakes the journey with you. Your purpose takes you beyond yourself challenges you to expand your self-concept, confront your fears, acquire new skills, forge durable bonds of friendship and brotherhood, and, most importantly, connects you to God. If that sounds too good to be true, it isn't, because your purpose is a gift from God. But here's the catch. To receive that gift, you must be ready for it, and that is the nature of my coaching. I am a man who has been blessed with a purpose, and it's more than just this podcast. I've got something I'm working on behind the scenes that I know you're going to love. And pursuing that purpose has taught me the secrets of what it takes to invite, receive, and cultivate a purpose. Now I want to pass that on to you. Having a purpose has changed my life, and I think it can change yours too. And to do that, we have work to do. If you're interested in learning more, the content on my website is currently being updated. In the meantime, email me at info at renofmen.com to start the conversation and schedule a free 30-minute consultation. Mention the code word SWIFT and I'll offer you 10% off a 12-week package. Also, I'll let you in on my top secret purpose behind the scenes so you can see that I know what I'm talking about. Once again, email me at info at and mention the code SWIFT to get 10% off a 12-week package. I started the Renaissance of Men to help men become exceptional versions of themselves through discipline and self-knowledge. If that sounds like you, or the version of yourself you want to be, email me, and let's get started. Amen. Amen. Because that's, that's what I've been saying, is that you know men who hear, see, feel... Struggle with all the challenges we've been going through, let's just say since 2020, not to mention the decades prior to that, where we had to watch the long, slow decline to this culminating moment where it's like, okay, the war is on. Like the war has been announced. Like we've been living in war for two years now. Right. And I I push that all the time on Twitter, like we're at war. And if you can't see it, it's your own cognitive dissonance. That's the problem. So, who've been watching this happen. And and what I've been saying is um, all these men around the country, um, maybe even around the world, They're the good ones are in touch with their conscience at all times, and you know, red light, yellow light, green light, right? And uh, let's say, let's say, men of good character, Christian men, you know, men with with a God spiritually facing men. Let's put it that way. They've been living in this world where it's like this is so deeply out of balance. It is so deeply out of balance, and it's costing me, my family, my legacy, my generational wealth, my freedoms, you know, my civil liberties. You name it, right? And yet we're all sitting here with this what I imagine is a red light in our conscience, right? I don't feel a green light in my conscience and I don't know anyone who seems to feel a green light in their conscience. So we're sitting here with this light at this, at this red light waiting potentially for the light to turn green. And so the, the vital point of the think of the work that I think you guys are doing, um, which sounds incredible by the way, is to unite men to their conscience. Okay. I jump, jump Ivan. This is great. I'm enjoying, I'm really enjoying (laughs) this conversation by the way. Uh I'm going to disagree with you here.
4: Ugh, and I'm going to say that you know plenty of people who are on the red light stage. That's something I want Who aren't
0: or are? No. Oh.
4: He said who everyone. Are no. And the red
0: light stage. Oh, and we're all on the light horse.
3: stage. A lot of people who are in yellow.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah of course. I do I do know a shitload of people who are on yellow, very greenish looking yellow sometimes too. Yellow means go faster. No. I'm thinking red light. <laughs> <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah. Green light means act. Red light I mean, means like yeah. Not today.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's put it this way. What? All right, I'll be blunt. Yeah.
3: My family has been around three times as long as this country. I think this country has died. I've watched
4: it yeah. die.
3: Okay. Um, kind of a cool animated quote at this point, doing some neat shit and jerking here, you yeah. know, people sticking eyes into its head and they get its
4: eyes move. Okay. Yeah. It's sad. What do you think I view the prospects?
3: being right now for the American left wing ruling class based on everything my family has seen and done in history everything the ninja know about changing history and everything he knows has seen also on a family basis like I said actually our families have done this over the centuries which is fun that's cool what do you think we see? so uh, let's say you're Justin Trudeau's and says, "What do I change? What's going to happen for
0: us?" Well, I think my you think I would, rather be on side? would you rather be on their side or on your side? Is that the question?
3: Yeah, that's the question.
0: Oh, you'd rather be on your side because never has there been a ruling class with less ability to project physical force in history. Their force is entirely mediated. They, you know, sweet.
4: And everybody knows it.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: Oh, okay. Now, take that. And you think that you can put off a collapse? They're going to try. The natures of men
0: mitigate against that. Mm -hmm. And the principle of heaven is that things are not static. And the Boston Dynamics robots are not ready yet. Correct. (laughs) I'll also add
2: a scripture verse. Red letters means Jesus said it to Matthew
4: mm-hmm.
2: and the meek will inherit the earth hmm. because they've refused
0: to be meek any longer. Is that, is that, is that second part in there as well? No, the second part's mine. The second part's mine. So you <laughs> said the meek will inherit earth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Bible, the Bible, according <laughs> to Swift. Right. But the, the <laughs> only because of the observation is, is the second half of, because it's, it, it has to occur that way for that to be true. For Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. The only way for that to happen is if the meek are in action.
4: If they win. And inherited means- Oh, that's true,
2: yeah, that's a good point. Because that's somebody nice. had to die mm. for the inheritance to be handed off, the heirs. Mm. I'm not a big, again, Stop! I am a. I like violence, good violence to protect innocence, to protect the weak. Okay, I am not a proponent. I'm not an advocate. I'm not for violence Mm -hmm. and malicious action, Mm -hmm. aggressive violence, sure, at all. I'm not. Well, uh, aggressive violence, wars of aggression, yes. So yeah, I'm gonna pull up the the war of northern aggression. Anyways, um <laughs> is the gentleman so, mystic listening? Yes. Well I've I've said I I was in my speech at 21 Con in 2016. Anyways, um I'm not for the evil application of violence. I am for the acceptable, the good, justice application of violence. Sure. With that being said. Do I want a war here in America? No, I, I do not. I have five kids. I don't want that. I don't want it at all. If it has to occur, which it will because it is already predestined for the Bible, again, biblical worldview, the meek will have to be in, unleashed into action. Mm-hmm. So the strength of the meek has to be applied for justice's sake against
4: evil. Mm-hmm. I can get down with that. Meekness is also another
0: way of saying competence. It is. Now, with that said... Come back to that. I, I want to keep unpacking that, because I agree, but I, I think it's a great, right. it's a great point. Yeah, so, but meekness with competence of the strong with
2: violence goes into, hand-in-hand, in hand, different translation of what he was saying earlier about the ninja being faceless, and just the will of heaven. Hmm. Hmm. Through my experiences, um, and then also talking with um, those, those other individuals who have been in combat, because um, no one likes to, people who have been in there don't like to talk to people who haven't been in there. So I guess I'm, I was blessed through my experiences so I can actually help people with their PTSD um, mm-hmm. and their experiences, um, which I am certified for that um, through a seminary college. Uh, to help with those deals with individuals and groups. Anyways, I, I, I've pitched it. I say it, I'm quoted quite a bit too. Um, Being the hand, being the spear, being the tip, being the knife, being the whatever. Um, God forgives us for those acts of violence to protect or deliver justice. But he doesn't protect us from the trauma in the head. Right. Consequences versus penalty. Yes. So the meek, when they are spurned into action to deliver justice, um, the trauma is going to still be there. Mm. But when I do help guys with PTSD, the first step is acceptance of what occurred. That if it was not malicious intent, you can accept that forgiveness that is given to you freely. For those deals, for those incidences, for those experiences, for those actions, um, and that's usually the first step. The moment it takes, sometimes it takes a little bit to get that, accept that. Um, but once that's accepted, the the journey again. I'm still dealing with my fucking own journey of of PTSD. Sure. Um, it it's very peaceful. So to watch a guy who. Is either physically intimidating or you know his experiences um are there who m- maybe mirror mine own um to have that peace on himself is i feel like i'm fulfilling my will of heaven at that moment in time mm-hmm. so with the divine connection through the holy spirit or conscience um to, to be able to be that instrument at that moment in time for a man um to accept that is, is wonderful. Um, but back to the ninja stuff, the faces. yes, esoteric, but the faceless stuff, Very much operators, operators with a military contracting or even law enforcement um, mm-hmm. to be void of
4: pleasure emotion while acting in violence yep. is congruence with heaven.
2: It's great. I don't want to be here, but I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for justice. I don't want to have to do that, but I do. Mm-hmm. Total void of emotion while I move, um, while I'm clearing a house, clearing a room, clearing a field, and mm-hmm. I have to engage and I keep moving forward. I don't take pleasure in having to do that. I don't take pleasure in pulling the fucking trigger.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't take pleasure in... and hitting that switch. I don't take pleasure in having to push that button to send it. Mm-hmm. Is it needed? Yes. I'm faceless because I'm just a tool at
0: that moment in time for justice. I think that's a vital bit of nuance that most men don't ever get to see, hear, feel, or experience to understand right. that I am not in this act. I'm gone. Right. The, the, no, the notion of, of uh, mm-hmm. wrath, like a personal wrath, of any kind of perverse pleasure sadism right. et cetera, has to be completely taken out of the individual in order to in order to do the job not just to do the job well right or to do it cleanly like in terms of professional sense but to do it cleanly in a moral spiritual sense like there's no way that there's no un- until you passing along that esoteric knowledge there's no way that I would have known that cuz I've never participated in those acts before but that makes a lot of sense yeah. to me yeah mm-hmm. i mean our, our military's done a a tremendous job of of of
2: helping he, other people it normies our military has done a great job of taking everyday joe um and get them ready for battle i do not agree with the dehumanization of people to get people battle ready i don't um i've been contracted a few times the way i teach the way i approach this um it does not devalue humans mm-hmm. it takes it takes a little bit longer in the mindset training aspect of it, to still value everybody that is an image bearer of God. They're doing bad things. I've got to do bad things back to them, but not wrathly, not maliciously, not what else. It just it is what it is. So, kind of, it's basically taking the philosophy of Popeye and putting it in battle, while still valuing that person as a human. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't agree with it because to do something bad to another person you have to devalue them actually you don't i don't when i used to big game hunt i did not devalue that deer or that elk um or that bear um i was that was honey i i don't i don't hunt anymore i have i have not actually big game hunted in over 25 years that's how long i've been doing this um Without pulling the the Hemingway thing out at the you know the hunt human is the biggest challenge of all, different <laughs> right. Things. But anyways, um, pull out some of up. But um, I, I, a friend of yours, um, Warrior Poet Society. I think he's touched on it a few times in his couple of videos. John Lebel. Uh, but yeah, John. Um, but they don't get into it a whole lot too. To, in the trainings I've done and I've taught it, I've been contracted to teach. To still value human beings, but still be able to deliver that swift violence, Mm -hmm. if you will, is is those guys have had almost, what they tell me, 2% PTSD when they compare it to other um, teams who have Mm -hmm. done something with the normal military dehumanization value of that. So the incidence of, of PTSD through what I've taught is diminished almost to, to nothing. I mean, 2% still, to my standard, is not it's good okay. enough. But still. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of all or nothing. I don't really leave the gray zone. <laughs> sure. It's either white or black. But compared to other groups who those guys, their PTSD levels still at like the 60% levels. Um, it's hard. But when you still value human, but I still have to act and deliver that violence, it's they chose I'm delivering justice. I'm just a tool and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Ivan, go
4: ahead. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare.
3: Talk about the conscience of the king. The play, the play, father, the play is the thing. When we'll catch the conscience of the king. You can't regret it, right? Hamlet. Get your head cut off. So, <laughs> but take what we've talked about here in terms of conscience and prerogative and duty. Okay. Well,
4: how does that interact with the divine right of kings? Good question. That sounds <laughs> like a question for Ivan Throne. Uh, a
3: true king believes himself. Anointed, that chosen, that selected, anointed mm-hmm. by God,
4: and is answerable only to God. That's
3: the concept of the divine right of king. Right? Mm-hmm. No king has the power to force a man to break his conscience. That same divine right mm-hmm. is in every single man who hears my words today. You are no less in the eyes of God than the greatest Caesar who will ever straddle all of the planet. There's no less access. There's no less
4: truth. There's, just, there's no class defense before God where stories are concerned. The duties,
3: the obligations, the honors, the prerogatives, all of those things. They all come out from that conscience. What kings have to deal with, what men and leaders have to deal with, their performance is well. You know, they're burdened a little bit higher. When you have to give them the orders for men to go to their deaths, to use men as clumps of life, as some so said. And what happens when that's done by a man whose conscience
4: deliberately atones from god bad things yes you know one of the ways
3: my family managed to survive so long was be very close but no closer what do all kings do every single one always every time
0: friends close but enemies closer
4: ally die die. okay and then uh,
3: you have uh What? The new king. And it's much better than instead of being, oh, now I can finally take your fucking head off, Mr. Troublesome Minister. It's much nicer for your own, for the new king to say, thank you for holding my father's hand while he died, and giving him counsel that benefited the realm for so many years. It was a nice tension. Please go away. Mm -hmm. Very close. But you deal with the conscience of the king and that's what kingcraft is all about, because that's the only way you're going to move the king, to move his mind, to move his heart, and to move his hand.
4: It's for him to understand with
3: accuracy and precision what heaven is saying. And therefore, what he has no choice but to do. And That, my friend, is how you lead kings. That is how you preserve nations from the dark. That's another way to not leave your brothers
0: behind. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, like that's what's happening to King Theod in the in in the Riders of Rohan, wrote in the Rohirrim, in the in the in that kingdom. He's the king has withered and is all but dead, essentially under the influence of a bad advisor, Grima Wormtongue. You see the power. You see the power of the advisor over over the king has essentially ruined the kingdom and drive in, uh, driven his armies out into, essentially into exile, right? So you see the power of a, an advisor to lead a king for good or for ill.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: We've got Solomon here now, though. solomon
4: <sighs> yeah. yeah. with orcs and pink tutus. Okay.
0: <laughs> so your work with men um, with throne dynamics mm-hmm. is to teach them yeah. all the things that you're essentially saying right now, to to remove the locks that keep them from encountering their conscience, yes. from, from getting them to recognize these things in motion in their own lives um, to, uh, to become uh, the men that, I hesitate to say the men that they're meant to be, but the men that they choose to be um, and to bring about the worlds that, that they choose. Is that, is that about right with the work that you're doing um, today?
3: Yes, yes. Bottom line, well, there is a way.
4: It can be learned. An absolute victory is your birthright. So we're business. Fuck your painting. Fuck you, earn it. It's your life. Fuck you, fix it. Mm-hmm. These are very important concepts. Here's the best part. You know, remember Tony Bruno? No? Huh?
3: Of course. Yeah. So Tony uh, Tony's fascinated by what I call the dark world. The expression. Right? Um, so he and I talk about that a lot. And that's yes, but you know, I you talk about it being a dark world, but that it's beautiful as well. Yes, God made the dark, too. Yep. He made the dark more importantly for us to be in. He didn't make the dark for goats, right? No, no, no. That's for the like whales and stuff. They get dark. No. The dark is no worse than the light. It really isn't. You just have to see differently, you have to navigate differently. The same thing live in it, my friend. They just don't wear masks in the dark. They don't need to because it's dark. You're not going to find more or less evil, hatred, sorrow, pain, or resentment. How places to go? What determines your outcomes or experience and your fulfillment? Because it is your navigation process. And prayer is how you navigate in the dark.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Don't turn away from God. You know, you can be a Southern Baptist, I suppose, but I don't, go, don't be a sinner or you are burn in hell. I mean, I'm making a joke here, but don't turn from truth. It's true, it's true. Follow the truth. Look for the truth. What's the man? What's the momentum? What's the which way? What ways are headed? Huh? What are the natures of men involved? What's, what's just how things actually work in real life? How do I pull all of this together? And then it boils down to the most important thing that a man must have for all of us is pointless. What's your sacred purpose? Why
4: are you here? Amen. Now how you find that
3: is also what we teach because there is a way and it can be learned. And all it takes is knowing what to measure and what to weigh. Because it's a math and physics process. God guarantees it's available to everybody. That means it's not magic. That means anybody can figure it out. I don't know how to do calculus. But calculus is real and it's there. And if I sat down to learn it, I can learn it, right?
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Salvation is the same. Fulfillment is the same. Joy and love, brotherhood. Happiness and peace are also mathematically arrivable at. There is a way and it can be learned. But how come nobody teaches it because it's esoteric? You need to have the right people to teach it. And if you deprecate the people, then you say no one's better than everyone else, no one's different, we're going to commoditize everything. Here's your bugs and your story and your pod, shut up and plug this matrix into the backyard.
0: Yeah, that's why you don't know it. And there's no truth either, right? It's it's your truth, it's my truth, it's a subjective truth. You know, notions of joy and peace and salvation and freedom, these don't object these don't exist. They're just concepts and you know, concepts are at war with each other in the marketplace of ideas and you know, thank you, Karl Marx, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean I, I uh but every hardened weapon system has a soft pink center. <laughs> I agree. I, I mean, I, I agree fully. I, I teach and I teach, and, and my coaching something very similar, which is that um, a purpose not only can be discovered, but it's a gift. A true purpose is a gift from God, and and we have to be prepared to receive our purpose because it would be cruel of God to bless us with a purpose that we're incapable of fulfilling. So if, you know if we have a purpose to, you know, say, climb a mountain and we're 100 pounds overweight, and suddenly we were, you know, we're, we're in no fit state to receive that purpose. You know, Once we actually get to a point where we get close to being able to fulfill that purpose, that's when it arrives. But we got to do the work to get healthy in all these different ways first. And we are having health taken from us, actively taken from us all the time. And that deprivation of health is what prevents men um, from achieving their purpose because they're not fit vessels to receive it. The destruction of the human vessel and body, mind, and spirit, you know, leaves unfulfilled purposes, ungiven purposes from above all around us all the time.
3: Mm. You know, you want to see a comparison, okay? Just put up a video of Chechen troops hopping off armored carriers on the forests of the Ukraine. Watch the body language. You will see none... Don't question this. You'll see men that have not been infested and infected and degraded and destroyed by deliberate learned helplessness and weakness and the poison of the modern age. Right. Yeah. And nobody wants to fight them. Nobody would. Those kind of go together. Yeah. It's it's not complicated. It's not. No. We are at war. Look, see, the brothers are falling left and
4: right. They've been. Butchered. I don't like to lose.
3: I don't like seeing my brothers butchered. I don't like being gaslighted and lied to. It makes me very, very angry. Yeah. How stupid do you
4: think I am? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I think the going from red to yellow
3: is generally determined by how offended I am. But the presumed <laughs> stupidity I operate in—we
0: have that in common.
3: <laughs> that's that's where my impatience comes in.
0: Yeah, yeah, same, and, same. same. I, I, I definitely.
3: I, I, I don't like to lose, and I tend to. And this is just me. So, you know, you know, my story. Like right? when I lost my hearing, my parents took me to the doctor and says like I'm not gonna be able to function yeah. in society institutionalized I'm having another kid so I <laughs>
4: have
3: just like that and you're like what <laughs> yeah long short sure. so you lose a hearing life right? I can't be a I can't be a spaceman I can't be an astronaut I can't be a soldier
4: I can't be a policeman like a raise woman
3: right so I can train men some point, I'd like to do business with Iran. We need to have headquarters on Mars. But the world is opening up, right? Find what must happen. Yeah? Differentiate between need and want for your function. Very simple. Yeah? You have that answer. You have the prerogative and the duty and the obligation to do something about. It does not have to be. The grandest sacred purpose of all time. Right. You have to learn
4: the process. Tiny bites. Right? Huh?
3: Tiny, tiny things. Stack them Over and over. Over and over. Huh? Ronnie Coleman says, right, well, everyone wants to be a bodybuilder, but nobody want to lift their no heavy-ass weights. That's not just lift their no heavy-ass weights. It's over and over and over and over and over. Huh? Everybody want to be a psychopath. Nobody wants to let no heavy ass
4: drama, over and over and over. Everybody wants to be free in the modern age. And no one is going to fight for it over and over and over in the meat world anymore because it's awkward, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Everyone wants truth. No one wants to, you know, keep to their word. Follow through on their commitments,
2: right? Right. One of the most cowardly things ordinary people do is shut their eyes to facts. Mm -hmm. That's C.S. Lewis. That's C.S. Lewis, not
0: mine. Okay, I was going to say (laughs) dropping bombs today. No, it's yeah. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. You can say that ten times. Welcome to Twitter.
2: Oh yeah, I know. Um, But no, I mean we've we've talked about that too. People they don't want to see themselves. Yeah. And rise up to facts they don't want to whether it be it depends on it doesn't matter where you put the blame you know the documentary social dilemma you know everyone then they want to live up to that what they think other people do and it's all a lie anyway right whether it's um politics or it's just the way the world if i hear that one more time if it's just the way the world is we've always oh. done it that way i don't i don't care i don't i don't care, don't, I don't I don't care. care. what what Shut is up. what is true What is justice? What is? You know, I've talked about it before too, and I'm, I'm huge on this. The, the real, I mean, your renaissance, the renaissance of our history, everybody's, I don't care who it is, that what, what the current one right now is the Women's History Month. I don't care. It's our history, it's human race history. What's beautiful, what's right, what's truth. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of the inklings. Again, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Um, and, and there are a whole cadre of other men who are equally important and equally intelligent and equally articulable. What is beautiful? What is justice? What is seek it? Seek those things. It which costs you. Is part of what we, yeah, it mm-hmm. does cost you. Cost you a lot, whether it be your ego, which is the easiest one to give up, but the hardest one to let go. Um, maybe money. Maybe your, maybe your life. You know, loved ones who, yeah, loved ones, those who seek to save their lives will lose it. Those who lose their life in my name will find it. That was Jesus. That's Matthew again. Um,
4: if you lose your life here, but you gain forever, is it worth it? Yes, or
2: or those who I wish hard fact, swift hard fact you can't save everybody whether it be here on this earth or they don't accept the free gift of salvation through christ they're going to go to hell Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i don't i wish that were true i know it is a truth it is it, it is a truth so again those who don't accept salvation here they're going to die again and again and again forever and that that's i don't like that um even the people who I know who hate me. And like he was saying earlier, the opposite political group, whatever else, they want us dead. I still don't want them to go to hell, right? I, I, don't, I don't dehumanize mm-hmm. anybody. So knowing that it, it's hurtful, which goes back to the other part, why don't meek or strong men pick up arms right now and start the war? We know what's on the other side. It's true we know what's on the other side whether they're a christian or not they know i've yet to meet a true nihilist or atheist or you know um that once to get down to it there's got to be something it usually always comes up so I'm like oh you're really agnostic so
0: yeah you push hard enough it's like yeah yeah most most atheists are just anti-christian is really what it is they're not actually yeah. i've thought about all the options and i've determined there's no god because i thought it all the way through yeah. it's like no you're, right. just, you're just mad at religion
3: yeah. So again, that's a good point on the anti-Christian. We never see atheists going after the Buddhists or the Muslims. No, I know. Bang. I, I, I
0: was at the <laughs> I was at, just as an aside. I was at the Kumela Hindu festival in 2000, in two thousand nineteen. One hundred and fifty right. million Hindus in mm. bathing in the Ganges River and um in, in, in India. I didn't see Sam um, Harris it's there. It's clean every time they have bathing in Ganges. It's clean. It's clean at that part of the it's river, great. though. That <laughs> it's downstream in Varanasi. That it's not clean. But uh, and I didn't yeah. bathe there, yeah. But like I don't see, I didn't see <laughs> Sam Harris and and Dawkins there, like with a stage saying, "You're all wrong, all of you are all wrong." I didn't right. see that. They're always talking, you know, <laughs> but continue. I'm right, sorry, right.
2: I mean yeah, no, you're minute. fine. No, I love our conversation. But yeah, the 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 strong, the right, the right political spectrum. What if you're asking, why aren't they picking up arms? Why? And you know, we're not condoning that either. Or, no, we're not pitching that here at Brown Dynamics, but. Something will happen. and That's what we're preparing people for. But Swift's opinion only. The reason it's not come to that right now, everyone's still on the red light and not going to green light. We know there is stuff on the other side of that that fight, Mm -hmm. that life and death. We know there's something on the other side. The other spectrum, the uh, opposition, the, the other side. We'll just leave it at that, the other side. Are very apparent. They're like, well, we don't believe that. So it's
0: you you die, you die, or you get reincarnated or something like that.
2: Yeah, something you know, whatever they want to say. So again, the reason people don't pick up arms right now and just start starting the fight, um, because the other side, the right side has most of the guns. The right side has most of the training. The right side most has most of the experience in combat. The right side um, has the the money. We know the left side doesn't have the training we know the left side doesn't have the physical capabilities to walk a mile we know the left side doesn't accept that doesn't accept for the most part i do know some christian democrats and we have fun conversations um fun. we know the left side doesn't accept that so we know the right side i'm, I'm kind of weird on the spectrum but anyways, The right side knows that that if they have to take up arms and have to do the combat and have to do the neutralization of the opposition, I fear for their soul going to hell. That's a great I don't want that. I will will bring to the table all my negotiation skills, all the patience I can pray and be delivered by God in that conversation to prevent them to elongate their their life breath in them the chance to accept Christ because I don't want them to go to hell, even though I know they want to kill me. That is loving your neighbor. That is the example of Christ on earth that I do the best of in my ability every single day, no matter what debate conversation or even argument, even when I was a cop as the um, civil disturbance, the riot cops, um, I would bring to those leaders and to their street people screaming and spitting on my face You know, because I was just I wasn't human. I was just a badge. I was just in the way I was whatever else It doesn't matter. That's where the patience, the negotiations, the just utter humility of love and checking of my own personal ego to make sure I did not have to unleash hell on them because I don't want them to go to hell. And a lot of people, and that might not be the best articulation of it, but and and more than likely is everyone's reasoning behind of not doing those things. Mm -hmm.
0: There's a lot of really important nuance that's happening in this conversation that I think is really great. And the first is that no, of course I don't want to start a, a kinetic war and end people's lives because I want to give you know Christ a chance to reach as many hearts as possible. Give God and the Holy Spirit a chance to. To minimize the number of souls going to hell, give it everyone as much time as they can possibly have to uh, to accomplish that. Right. So there's that. There's the difference we talked earlier about violence. Um, someone being a, someone being an empty vessel to conduct violence with no sense of personal pleasure or pride in it at all. That they're just a tool. That's a vital aspect of violence that doesn't often often get talked about. And also the difference between preparing for action, training men to be prepared in the eventuality of something happening versus training men to do something, right? And that's a really important bit of nuance that, that, that is in there. It's like, yes. look, if you look at the world, if you look at the potential collision of heaven and earth or the ways of man and the ways of heaven, let's say, you can run the numbers yourself and you can see that it doesn't look good. So you might as well be prepared, but in preparing a man to act, you're not necessarily telling him to act. And that gets lost in the dialogue around that? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you get men ready for? Like are you training, not not you guys, are you training a militia? It's like, well, there's a difference between training a militia to act and do something, do something that we would all, you know, find abhorrent potentially versus like, you must be prepared if the, if the tsunami comes to you, that's your duty as a man. That's your, that's your prerogative. That's your responsibility. And what does your conscience tell you about all that? So these are all really important bits of nuance that I find get completely lost in the public discussion about these topics.
2: Oh, they do, and another. I, I'm gonna kind of railroad a little bit longer, but nuance mm-hmm. that's Please. not about a whole lot more. So it it, it again, just from what I know and my conversations that I have. Uh, most people understand that God is love, but love is not God. Yes, it's just a characteristic. Okay, so here is the largest, and I would say I would argue that it's even a larger example. Of God's love than sending Christ to save all of us from hell. Okay. He did not destroy the devil. Oh, wow. Okay. Go. This is great. After Satan's or Lucifer's rebellion and then being cast out of heaven, God could have easily smited, I like saying that word, smited him and all the third of the angels that fell. Could have. Mm-hmm. He still loved them, even though they rebellion. Mm hmm. Same thing with mankind. Yes, he did destroy mankind, but but a couple times. Right. But he still left the way out. He still left the love example Mm -hmm. on mankind because we're still here. Mm -hmm. So our God, the God of the universe, the one only true God, has always exemplified his compassion and love and grace for everyone who rebelled against him. For the most part, I mean, and, and the argument has, again, I've brought it up before in my circles. The argument has been well, he's, you know, he's destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He, just, he had Israel destroy other nations when they got to the promised land. And the, those were all absent those people's choice to choose him over their man made God. Mm-hmm. The options were there, the chances were there. God's restraint and not destroying lucifer after his rebellion is exemplified love Mm -hmm. in its own way right now he's going to have to put him in in hell um after armageddon um because that's not where he's at right now the devil is not in hell Mm -hmm. Um, it's clearly written in the bible Um, he's on earth running amok Um, but at some point he is going to have to cast him into his prison in hell and he doesn't want to be there. So, so, but that's still
4: love because he's not destroying him. Mm -hmm.
2: Maybe even the devil can repent. And honestly, some of that stuff is not in the Bible, which I would also point to. There are certain things that we cannot comprehend,
0: and that's Mm -hmm. what the Bible tells us. There are certain things you'll never understand. That's right. We're humans. How could we (laughs) get comfortable with your limited mind and body? Oh, I am. (laughs) Generally.
2: Yeah, yes, yes, but yeah, it's 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 meekness, it's love um, to not <laughs> destroy the rebellions um, or the rebellious, but they do have to be cast somewhere. They do have to pay their penalty. They do have to accept their consequences for their choices, because even the angels had free will.
0: Haven't mm-hmm. you want to jump off
4: that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would point out to men listening. And ask them, do you see the common thread that goes through all of us? Always back to the same thing truth. Take the truth. Understand how to identify what is true
3: and what is not. You know, Will, it's funny, the very heart. Of ninjutsu, and the whole, all of the lies of the ninja, everything they do really does boil down to what they call the Tenkan Ho, or alternating truth and falsehood. Those, what's real, what's not real, the hollow, the actual, the true, and the false. Got to alternate them, tumble and turn
4: them, mix them up, and the truth will leak out.
3: Mm-hmm. Sincere truth that we talked about. We've got to collide principles against each other. And when you hear ringing instead of cracking, you know they're both real. Collide men with principles and you'll find where their natures are taking them. It's all about, there is a way, my friend. God has not dropped us into a dark holocaust without hope
4: Mm -hmm.
3: or path. That is a lie
4: that that happens, but there's no hope. Right. That you're defeated, that you're destroyed, and that evil has won, and inevitably will, out of the lie. Mm-hmm. What do we expect anyway? There's a motor and a father of lies from the beginning. And there is great fulfilling, joy, and pleasure in doing the work of heaven. Mm-hmm. I remember when
0: you and I first uh, mm-hmm. conversed, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, oh. oh, I was going to say, I remember when you and I uh, first, first conversed uh, at 21 convention, this was in 2020 and you were speaking, I think you were speaking in the patriarchs room. I'm not sure you were, you were in one of the rooms and I had mm-hmm. read your book and, um, and I asked you, uh, I don't remember how I phrased it at the time, but in talking about um, the dark, the dark world, Um, How does the dark world, because if someone misinterprets your writing, they can use it to do all kinds of really terrible things. Because I think you do accurately describe the dynamics of the dark world, which men must know. But if that becomes the only world that a man recognizes, he can get lost in it quite, in many different ways, mentally, emotionally, and especially spiritually. He can lose his soul. So I remember asking you, how does knowledge about the workings of the dark world and and how to use its teachings, how does it unite to something higher so a man doesn't lose himself in those practices? And I really liked the answer that you gave, and I wonder if you can speak to that right now, because um, I've been able to share that story with lots of different men who have encountered your work and haven't known how to interpret it, and ensure them that these teachings are for the service of heaven. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, because I think it's really important.
4: Mm -hmm understand that the tragic the hateful the cruel and unfair and pointlessly destructive parts of life they're already been out of the end and
3: to me this comes back to the what i said about the highest compliment being that something is appropriate.
4: And To be destructive without purpose is evil. And it's like, it's poison. It will destroy you eventually. That's how things are.
3: Similarly, what it's going to come down to, when you hand a person power and you raise them to power, they have to have their own compass
4: for what is sacred and what is profane. Hmm. I have seen ninja go evil. We mm-hmm. should start men, okay. turn into consumers of grief and producers of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an individual journey for each man. Mm-hmm. He will stumble.
3: You will fall, you will make unforced errors, you will cause pain and resentment, you will disappoint yourself and other people. But when you know why you are
4: here, when you know what you are here to do,
3: that sacred purpose it gives you that vision for what you must do, that sacred purpose gives you the world. Deviation from that is not appropriate. And just as I don't want to degenerate into being Machiavellian and manipulating things for the sake of being manipulative, I don't want to be cold and absent empathy just to be
4: cold and let the person not have a human experience.
3: I'm not going to inflate my vision and sense of self-worth just because it feels good without making sure that the achievement is behind our narcissism. The reason being, again, for me, I don't like to lose. I don't like to make unforced errors. I don't like to patch. I think it's zero. So for me, being, why, what's the number one reason that most CFOs don't embezzle?
2: I want to go to jail. I want to crash their company.
3: So what
4: you're there to do. Right? But right. the things don't work when you do it that way. Yeah. Same thing, We're turning to evil. It always eats you in the end. Mm-hmm. That's its point. Amen. You need a mentor. You
3: need someone to teach you. You need someone to hear your. Your horror at how the world is and the illusions that are dashed. When the agony of betrayal is, is in you. Yes, this is the world. How do I handle this? For some men, that dad wasn't there. For some men, maybe dad didn't know. Maybe dad never had to know. Schools won't teach you. Right? Business is just not their job. You need to find the men that you learn from. You need to find the men that will teach you to be the man you want to be. Esoteric. Esoteric, and then you
2: yes. need and then you need brothers and men who see you for you, not
4: mm-hmm. the mask. Mm-hmm. You if guys you want... Yeah.
0: You guys just came out with a new book. Is that what this is about? We came out with a program. Mm-hmm. Angryatlife.com
2: mm. with a
3: go ahead. So, here's the thing what we're talking about is fairly deep, right? And we've been on here now for two hours talking about this, and, and we can all tell we're kind of just scratching the surface, right? How do you take 1400 years of family knowledge, all of the ninja discipline, all of this professional experience, out of micro, everything we have and what we do, and boil it down? You, you can't eyedropper that into somebody and have them go off and just suddenly be successful, right? But on the other hand, you know, we work with clients at a very high level and you know, they, they pay us an enormous amount of money for work in a very close contact, but that's not really scalable. Okay. I can't, I can't go to everybody's house over the weekend and hang out with them and teach them. Right. But we can't leave them behind. So, We're going to teach them how to think, how to feel, and how to act in order to be able to see and hear your conscience as a man directly between you and God. Because that's the only thing that will save the West. That's the only thing that will save this nation. People who are able to see truth and are willing to fulfill the duty, the prerogative.
4: I agree so all of that
2: we have an online community called the temple Mm -hmm. where that's heavily involved Um, we have about 70 men in that room Mm -hmm. or in that group Um, angry at life.com to help answer shorter questions um, and some guidance there but for that deeper stuff that Ivan was talking about is really inside the temple and that's accessible through thronedynamics.com
4: mm-hmm.
2: our website
0: and the angry at life program is sort of is sort of a way to lead men into the temple or it's a way to help sort of crystallize a lot of the things we've been talking about today in the in the lives of of, of any man i'm going to be blunt here
3: <laughs> please and today they, they need to before you can tell them how to think How to act and how to feel. Yeah. It's all up for grabs today. Mm -hmm. um, Look, the raw material that we have to work with today, generations and so on, it's good raw material. It's it's just lied to, it's ignorant because that's been inflicted upon it. Mm -hmm. And it's the first generation of men. And if you're Generation Z and you're listening to this, you better pay some fucking close attention because you're the first generation of human beings that is being raised as a commodity on purpose and not as individuals. Be very, very aware of that. They don't know how to think. They don't know how to feel and they don't know how to act. And before we can teach teach them these things, we're going to teach them some very basic things what to think, what to feel, and what to do. Do as you're told, trust us, pay attention, and you will see immediately that what we're telling you to think, do, and feel can be turned on us. We are handing you a gun, which is proof of independent power in your hand, who can turn it on us. That's our statement of honesty. We expect you to turn that on us. you to turn this laser, this razor, this way of thinking and seeing and finding truth for you and all your brothers in this generation. We got to start somewhere. So, Angry Life is the basics. You know? That's our very simple program. We've got seven steps to absolute victory. We're going to teach you what to think, what to, what to say, and what to do to help shape you to be able to learn how.
4: To go from that. Swift, you
2: want to jump in on that? Basically, I guess my way of saying it, angry at life is the first step to see that maybe you're wearing a mask, might be the first steps to realize you've got baggage or the locks that I spoke of earlier. Mm-hmm. So, again, we all know the first step toward anything recovery or health or whatever else is acknowledge you know, same thing for salvation acknowledge that you're a sinner. you know for for angry for the seven steps of absolute victory acknowledge that you have um anger and what how to focus that as a fuel to victory
3: go ahead go ahead mm-hmm. smile on his face go a friend of mine said, "You know, there's a lot of uh, hate in, in the world today. Everybody hates. There's so much hatred. No, no, no. That's okay. That's not a bad thing. Hatred often gets a lot of good things done. Hope just such that. Mm-hmm.
0: And hate's uh, one of the deadly sins." No, there's a um, there's a philosopher who was on my podcast last week. His name is C.B. Robertson, and uh, he's on uh, Instagram as Caffeine and Philosophy. Yeah. And he has a book called In Defense of Hatred,
3: oh.
0: and uh, where he says that oh, know, hatred, yeah. yeah, and he says that hatred. Anger men have today is fully justified. Okay. Sure. Well, I, you know, oh, I. I not about that hatred of it. Well, I want to talk about this for a second, because, you know, oh, I, 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 I want. FDA, so. So you're yeah. frozen, so I can't see if you're, if you're still talking. So there you are. Okay. But I, I, you know, I know I know we're at the end of the time when you guys are available and you've been very generous with your time today and this has been a fantastic conversation. But I want to talk about anger just for a second because it's one of those things that's so mm. deeply misunderstood. I tell men that anger is a legitimate emotional response to a crossed boundary. That when you feel yeah. anger, someone has crossed a boundary with you and anger is your your intuitive emotional reaction to that. Someone may have crossed your boundary years ago And so now you get angry at innocuous things because it's contained within you. But in general, I think men don't understand anger. They think that they're just not supposed to feel it in this demasculinization. What do you teach? Just just to begin to wrap things up, what do you guys teach men about anger?
2: I teach anger as another tool, just like violence. There's righteous anger, which our example on this earth, Jesus got angry. He did. Okay, twice. Twice that is recorded. Okay, that's when he flipped over the the temple, the money exchange of the temple, and made whips and you know beat people out of the temple, out of his father's house. Then there's the unjustified or the evil or whatever else um, anger or hatred, which usually is like you said unleashed innocuously on just all my law enforcement experiences, angry men end up becoming domestic abusers. Okay. okay. You hurt those who are closest to you because you think they may forgive you. you Got to think about that. It's very Go. deep. Oh, it's, very, it's it's deep. I mean, the, all of the domestic violence uh, classes and my domestic violence investigations over the 20 years of my career, when it's all settled down, um, of course, usually in jail in my interrogation or in their interview rooms, um mm. oh i expected her to forgive me dude you mm. hit her not fucking head with a bat well i lost my temper yeah not so much that's an excuse yeah. it's time to man up blah, blah blah. or i hit her or you know it there's other other crap that, that that men in that state of mind do or have the options or just whatever it is but um, and and the, the, the domestic violence also, you know, spills out on their kids or, you know, in front of their kids or, or else. it doesn't matter. The anger when it spills or hatred um, can be the productive force that that drives men to their determination to. Um, well, even of well, older friend of ours. You know, um, uh, Andrew Tate, he mm-hmm. turned his anger to become what he is nowadays. Mm-hmm. He's talked about all the time. Um, even some of our other friends, um, David um from King David, um, uh, not in the Bible, but on Twitter. Um, uh, okay. he's anger, yeah, he's taking his anger against the porn industry. But mm-hmm. for him, he's focused his anger. Mm-hmm. Um Adam Lane Smith, a good friend of mine, he talks about men who focus their anger or their hatred towards in a productive manner. Mm-hmm. Find your attachment disorder. Fix it. Well, shit. You know, there's, of course, guidance and help. Along, along. But again, when Jesus got angry, it was righteous anger. Mm-hmm. It was a productive result of his action in doing something for what was being evilly done in his father's house mm-hmm. men over the centuries have also used their anger in bad ways mm-hmm. i mean there's it's countless it's it's what else begin again they didn't they weren't regulated or modulated or no matter what what calibrated what was he? yeah what ca- what psychological uh term you want to call it they, just, they were wrong it was wrong yeah. um, so I teach when I coach there's good anger there's bad anger there's righteous anger there's unrighteous anger mm-hmm. it's how and what you do with that shows shows me your character shows me where your values are and shows me your determination and your focus okay and I I pair it right up with where your money is is where your heart lies mm-hmm. You know, I can tell a lot about by somebody if, again, in the in the business consulting stuff that I do, when I look at someone's finances, you value this. If I look at a husband's or a boyfriend's um, financial statement, you don't really care about your girlfriend or your wife because you barely spend money on her. But your, your golf game or your softball tournaments or your hunting or fishing or whatever other fucking hobby they spend their money on. You value that over your wife, Mm -hmm. okay? Same thing for your anger. How and how you deal with it. Whether you bottle it up, most guys do bottle it up as we're growing up because we were taught, "Don't be angry. Anger's bad. Anger's bad." You know, I was taught that growing up, not at home but at school. Sure. Of course, at home they're like, "What are you angry at? What are you going to do about it?"
4: So,
3: but no, that's that's the question. What are you angry at? Right. Here's the problem. I've been thinking about this a little bit while you guys were talking. It's not that anger
4: is bad, but they are teaching them to that.
3: I think it's a, there's a subtle but very important difference. What they're trying to teach and convince men is that you're not expert enough to know. Whether your anger is righteous
4: or not. Therefore, best not to go there. So right.
3: That's the entire approach of the left to all of human dignity, worth, freedom, purpose, society, everything. Everything. Why do you think they rely on the experts so much? And why, when I hear the word export, I want to reach
4: for a farting knife, barbecue <laughs> <on> a match.
3: <laughs> Same. I like my hands if it was You know you're being lied to when, when you're told you don't have the ability to distinguish or differentiate. Yes, you fucking do. And that's exactly what they don't want you doing. Yeah. People don't disarm you unless they have something they want to do, then you'd stop them if you want. Same thing. If someone tries to
4: confuse your ability to
3: listen to your conscience, they are doing deliberate evil to you on purpose in that moment
4: as an attack. That simple.
0: It's amazing. I think, honestly, I think that there's enough in there for men to think about. And I think that's a great place to leave it a lot to reflect on. So thank you gentlemen, both of you for your time today. And uh, just in closing, where can men go to find out more about you and what you do?
2: Throwndynamics.com AngryAtLife.com. Uh, we're having an event in Dallas at the end of April, April 30th, just Saturday. It's a Saturday. Ivan's on Gab. What's the handle on Gab? Dark Triad Man. Dark Triad Man. Mm -hmm. Gab. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We have a Throne Dynamics Instagram page. Mm. We're out there. Yeah, we're kind of everywhere. Um, I mean, if they go through your Instagram or Twitter page, they find me too because we're friends. We follow each other. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both.
3: You want to start, well, so, well it's a, and what's exciting about Texas? So Swift mentioned we have a group called the Temple. About seventy men. What is exactly is drone dynamics? I think one of the best ways I've heard it proven is we are the anti Davos. We are the opposite of the world. I like cannot reform, right. <laughs> Which, well, you know, young global leaders, yeah, we're the other guys. <laughs> I uh,
4: love it. We're the you do, yep. We're the other guys.
3: We're going to be meeting down in Texas first half of the day that's Saturday, April 30th. The cadre, my men, the swift the temple, our group, our officers that we are training and will unleash because you know what. I swear that it doesn't have anything on the two of us put together. No. But the afternoon is open to the public. We're going to bring everybody in. We want everybody there. We want everybody to meet us, to meet the men we work with, to see for themselves right there what happens when absolute victory is what you decide on. Fuck you, fix it. for something and take to heart. No party, no no quarter. It's world time, and we love it.